everyone. This is episode 748 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, November 27th, 2020. I'm your host, Mark Nez, and today I'll be talking about Slide Stars, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Hotshot Racing, Five Dates, Poker Club, Bubble Bobble for Friends, The Baron is Back, and Rusty Spout Adventure. Rusty Spout Rescue Adventure, okay? It's not just Rusty Spout's Adventure. It's the rescue adventure. Get your facts right, Jack. In this case, I'm Jack, and I got my facts wrong for a second, but I corrected them. Anywho, before I get to all that I've been playing, I want to talk a bit more about the consoles because I've messed around with them some more, as to be expected. Primarily still the Xbox, but I did play some more Astrobot on PlayStation, and I have some issues with the PlayStation 5. I think unequivocally it has more games at launch. That's not even up for debate. It has games, whereas Xbox has all your old games. And it seems that for the most part, all the newish games perform better on PlayStation, which I would assume is related to the development tools for Xbox being underdeveloped and uh, yeah, needing some work to be done so that the, the developers can better acclimate themselves to them and get things on par or better than the PlayStation 5 performance of their games. And I think this is probably why there aren't a lot of first-party games at launch. I mean, what there was nothing new at launch, right? And what first-party games we know of are all seemingly pretty far off. I'm still baffled by the fact that Forza Motorsport is in early development. i probably said this last episode but it's just i can't like i think the usual cycle was every two years they would alternate between motorsport and horizon and they got a year off so that i think that the new forza motorsport has been in development for three years now i I could be getting my years and numbers wrong but even so the fact that it is early in development is somewhat shocking and I have to assume that it's just the fact that the development tools are kind of a mess right now, and it's hard for even internal developers to work with them. But uh, yeah, it's it's sad seeing all the screen tearing in new games. I am a big hater of screen tearing, so it makes me very hesitant to buy any new games because I find that to be much more distracting than frame rate issues and stuff like that like screen tearing is just depending on how noticeable it is what kind of screen tearing it is is just prone to give me a headache and i don't like headaches who doesn't like headaches but back to the playstation 5 if that's what i was talking about i went off on a tangent and now i don't even know where i am anymore oh yeah i was talking about yeah i have issues with the playstation 5 but it has the game so don't think i'm just hating on the playstation 5 because everyone knows that i have preferred xbox for a while but The thing that is bothering me the most is the storage situation. So everyone knows in both cases, your usable space is very different from the actual size of the hard drive. So on Xbox, the hard drive is a terabyte and the usable space is about 800 gigabytes. And on PlayStation 5, the hard drive is 825 gigabytes and the usable space is roughly 672 gigabytes. So you don't have a lot of space to work with. And then on top of that, on PlayStation, you have this other storage. And I don't know what the fuck that is. 
You can't delete it or do anything with it. You can't even see what the contents are. They're just like, this is for blah, 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 blah. And I've heard people say it's for when you're downloading games, updating games, transferring games. And then when that process is over, that other storage will shrink back down to very little. That is not the case for me. And I've checked in Google and I've seen people talk about ridiculous sizes, but mine is around, I think. So I have somewhere between 250 and 300 gigabytes worth of games on my PlayStation 5, on the internal. I don't have an external hooked up. And then the other storage is taking up an additional 75 to 80 gigabytes. That is just, that is crazy. I don't know what it is. If, it, if it's important stuff that needs to be there, at least tell me what it is. I'd like some transparency there as opposed to just having this other storage that I look at and I see it taking up a significant amount of the hard drive space and having no idea what it is and no way to delete it. It's not like I can see that, oh, this game, The Last of Us Part Two, requires certain amount of hard drive space allotted for this or that and therefore this part of the other storage is required to have this game installed. Like if I knew that and I'm like, okay, I guess if I really need the space, then I like, and I, if that is the case, just fucking put it all into one thing. Just have it part of the last of us part two file size. So I don't understand what the fucking deal is. It's annoying. It's frustrating, especially when you are working with so little space in the first place. It's not the, biggest effect or, or problem for me just because I don't have many games installed and I never will. It's not my third party machine. It is my first party machine, but I'm just kind of baffled that it is a thing. It just is a really weird, I, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And then I'm starting to not come around on the UI. The more I use it, the more I don't like it. I think it is bit cumbersome and more cumbersome than the PlayStation 4. It feels like they've added an extra step to a lot of things. I still am not used to the fact that I can't just hold the PlayStation button on the controller and have it bring up the menu so that I can turn off the machine. I just press it and then tap like down to access the menu bar and then tap to the left to get to the other side where the power options are. It's just, it's just a little bit tedious. I hate the way the store is set up. Holy shit, the store is just a fucking nightmare to deal with. I, I think it is a horrible setup for the, the store in the, the PlayStation 5 UI. And then your game library is okay. I, I don't really have anything to say about the game library. But the the UI overall, I'm not overly fond of. And then on the Xbox side, Quick Resume is still a fucking mess. It barely ever works. It sometimes works with these games and sometimes it won't work. It's just... It is something that I can see the potential there, and when it works, it feels great, but it just doesn't work anywhere near as often as it does, and it still doesn't, and hopefully that'll get ironed out fairly soon. I, I don't want to wait like a year for Quick Resume to actually be a thing that is worthy of being put on the box or being like, hey, this machine can do that. I will say that I think that overall, navigating the menus and whatnot, the Xbox feels snappier. It feels quicker, which is nice. I hate uh, going back to PlayStation 5 with Astrobot. Still love the game. I finished the Cooling Springs area. I'm lukewarm on the springy suit that you wear in that area. But 
what it does is showcase the tension in the triggers. And that is much more impressive than the haptics. I mean, the haptics are impressive. They're neat. They're cool. But they are distracting. And I don't feel like they'll add anything significant to uh, an experience for me. But the, the tension in the triggers, I think, could be used to great effect in various games to more immerse the player in the game. I'm very curious about how it feels to play Call of Duty. I, would, I should probably download because unless they haven't updated Warzone to have those features, but I'm not going to buy like Black Ops Cold War. I have that on Xbox. But I would love to just be able to feel those triggers in Call of Duty where they have it like click every time you're firing a bullet and, and have it vary from gun to gun. I think that sounds pretty cool. Of course, that is something that pro players would not want to do. But I think if you're somebody who's more casual, especially in the single player, it would it would be a, a thing that is immersive and pretty cool uh, and and not as distracting, I don't think, but I'd have to experience it for myself. But yeah, I think the tension in the triggers for that suit is cool. But back to the point, the thing I hate about Astrobot that makes it feel so much slower to boot up is that when you initially launch, you are forced to watch the PlayStation Studios splash screen and all that. And it feels like, I don't know exactly how long it was. It felt like I had to wait 30 seconds or more to actually get into the game because I was forced to watch this splash screen, which looks nice, sure. But when one of your big selling points is the speedy nature of things, it would be nice if it actually felt that way, especially with this game that is one, a showcase for the controller and all its different features, as well as the console in general. But yeah, that is not the case. Going back to Xbox, I have nothing else to say about Xbox. Quick resume is cool when it works. Doesn't really work. There are no games and the new games seem to perform a little bit worse on Xbox, uh, specifically with on Xbox. So yeah, I'm assuming though that within the first year, things will be ironed out and you'll see parity and nobody will have to really worry about it. But even so, the, the differences aren't as drastic and will never be as drastic as those between Xbox One and PlayStation 4 because the power is pretty on par. But uh, yeah, let's get to what I've been playing. So Slide Stars is a trials kind of game. But instead of riding a bike and going down mountains and all that kind of jazz, you are in an inner tube of various types. You can be in a little flamingo one. You can be riding a banana. And you are traveling down water slides and water things, essentially, as one of a handful, a dozen or two dozen influencers, I guess, YouTube stars, internet personalities, real life ones. And I know none of them, which tells you how in the loop I am. But in terms of the game, it looks all right, but it doesn't feel that great. So you have to constantly push in the analog stick forward to move. It's not like it's an endless runner. I feel like I would like it more if it was just an endless runner. But they don't do that because there are some hidden-ish areas where you can pick up little star pieces and stuff. And yeah... You have objectives for the lot. Like, you're just going around, jumping around, hitting coins. You'll hit checkpoints. It's very Trials-esque, but not Trials. It just can't live up to that. And I think there are people who will look at it and be like, oh, YouTube people. 
I don't want to do anything with them. There, there's a there's a somewhat icky feeling about the game to just have like this product placement, but it's person placement within the game, and it's hard not to constantly have that in the back of your head, just thinking about the fact that this is a game of YouTube personalities sliding down wet areas and whatnot. Uh, but mechanically, it's it's okay. I just like I can't see myself ever playing this over trials, even though thematically it is different. You have the water slide aspect of it all. Like unless you love these YouTube people and you want to play as them and see them in bikinis and swimsuits, don't get it. It's just not that good. And then, who wants to be a millionaire? Is who wants to be a millionaire? It's a game based on the game show, of course, as you would expect, and. The biggest problem with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is that there is seemingly no one online playing it. I tried to find a match online multiple times and could never find even another person to join in. And the way multiplayer works is something that conceptually is very cool and had me super excited. And the the multiplayer mode is basically a battle royale mode where you go up against 99 other players and see who can last out till the very end which sounds great for like i think every game show where it makes sense i don't know if there's one where it wouldn't make sense but every game show game should have some type of battle royale system because it's basically like one versus 100 in a sense and that just sounds like a whole bunch of fun but you need people playing and there was no one playing it because i i I sat there it gives you i think 90 seconds to find people to play with and I sat there as being like one of the hundred or so and it just sat there never moving it didn't even reach two of a hundred or two of 99 I was just like okay I guess I'm not gonna be playing this game online the the single player is fine you know it's pretty straightforward basic who wants to be a millionaire the one thing I'll say is that the voice acting is atrocious it is hilariously bad, but it's also incredibly annoying. I was playing as this one dude who was just so poshy and full of himself and listening to him talk every time. Like, ugh. I turned off the voices almost immediately because it was amusing the first time and then kind of chuckle-inducing the second time. And the third time, I just wanted to blow my brains out. It is... I, I don't know why it's there when it's so bad. And I don't know why the people who made it included it. And like, I I can't believe they think that voice acting sounds good because it is horrible. It is some of the worst voice acting I've heard in a game in forever. It is just, it is, it is really, 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 really bad. I might include some right here if I remember to do so. The handsomest dude is in the house. Good evening, everyone. Then I played some Hotshot Racing, which is a really, really fun retro-inspired racer with a focus on drifting and boosting. I was excited about this when I first saw screenshots for it. Reminded me somewhat of virtual racing. And it has some of that DNA in it from a visual standpoint. It's very polygonal. And in one of the modes, I think it works off a checkpoint system. 
But the way it works primarily is that you are racing against other races, of course, and then you are constantly drifting and that builds up your boost meter and then you boost. And that's, that's pretty much it. Pretty simple, but what I like about it is that the drifting and the boosting both feel fantastic. They are super satisfying, which is not as easy to pull off as one might think. I've played many games where drifting is a key component and it just never clicks. I feel like there's oversteering or understeering or there's just something off with it. But in hotshot racing, the drifting feels about as perfect as drifting can be. It just it is always satisfying. And then the boosting feels fast. Like that's what you want to boost to feel like. You, you feel like you're actually moving at a significantly higher speed. It's fun when you and other racers are boosting at the same time, especially at the end of a race. It, it gets really not nerve-wracking, but exciting. And yeah, I just had an absolute blast with the game. There are a few Mosers, like the regular campaign-ish, whatever, single-player mode. Then there's an arcade mode, a cops and robber mode, which I wasn't a big fan of. I think that would be more fun with other people, with other humans. But playing that by yourself isn't that fun. They did just drop a big update, I believe, the day I'm recording this, which is Wednesday. And I can't remember exactly what's in it. I think there's some new tracks in it. Like the, the tracks are nice too. There are three different like biomes and then I think maybe four tracks per biome or maybe a little more than that. So you have like a jungly area, a wintry area. And yeah, they all look nice. But the, the most important thing is that the cars feel great to control. And it's just a really fun bite-sized racer that I... Would recommend to anyone who likes more arcade racers, and especially if you played and really enjoyed, what is it? What is that game? Hot? It's not Hot Shot Racing because that's this game, Horizon Chase Turbo, I think it is. If you play that and really enjoy that, this is of a similar vein. They're different in the sense that Horizon Chase Turbo was definitely inspired by like Outrun and Rad Racer, and this. I don't want to say it's inspired by virtual racing because I don't remember drifting being a part of that. But visually, like it feels or it reminds me of virtual racing to an extent, but it also feels like its own thing. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I, I think there have been some really nice arcade racers that come out the last few years that may get overlooked by people. And I, I don't think you should overlook hotshot racing. And if you are an Xbox player... It is part of Game Pass, so you can play it there for free. Then I played Five Dates, which is a <sighs> dating simulator, I guess. But it's weird in that it's live action. And the way it works is that you are this guy, Vinny, and you can go on multiple dates, five dates, as you might expect. And it's set up where you are basically watching him and one of various lady counterparts having a conversation and every now and again you can affect the conversation so you can tell them to be more confident or shy in this regard or to say this or to reveal this part about his personality uh, initially you get to choose your profile picture which the women will comment on and there's a weirdness about it in the sense that it feels like a kind of icky voyeurism of you 
spying on this person, even though you are technically Vinny, I guess, but the fact that so much of it is just you watching him and whoever he's talking to interact with each other, and then you every now and again are able to add your own input. But while there are a few points where it's like, oh, this is some cringeworthy acting, I think the acting and the chemistry and the conversations and then all that are surprisingly naturalistic and feel organic and they're they're well put together it is a little frustrating though i know like it would be way more complicated to try and have something using live action in this sense but it is a little frustrating that you can't like if you want to role play, you can't do that. This is a heterosexual male, white male, who is going after females. That's it. He can't go after another guy. He has a guy friend who he talks to every now and again. But you can't explore anything outside of the very basic heterosexual relationship, which may be a turnoff for some people. I just think it's important to put that out there. But if that doesn't bother you, uh, if, you if you're not somebody who's like, oh yeah, I, w- I want more options in that sense, then I think it is something worth considering because it is more unique in that sense. I don't think there are a lot of games like this. Like, Telling Lies, which I haven't played, I think might have that same voyeurism-ish feel to it, but I don't know anything about that game in actuality. Uh, and that was from the maker of what is it? The the one where the lady is just talking and you have to find out who murdered her or something. Uh, never play that either. But uh, yeah, it was an it was an interesting experience, and I was surprised after the initial e and the I don't know about this acting that on the actual dates I thought, huh, this is this is not bad. I don't I don't I don't think this is as shitty anymore. I feel like. There's actually something there. There's a spark there. And it's nice when I am making the few decisions I'm making and the person on the opposite end is responding positively to them. And I'm like, yeah, I know how to date, even though in reality I don't date at all. I'm like, yeah, but in virtual reality, where I'm not even the actual virtual person, like I'm great at guessing what these actors want of each other. <laughs> but yeah. It's a it's it's surprising. Then Poker Club is a poker game and it is optimized for Xbox Series X and S and I really really wanted to like this cuz I love poker, but the biggest thing going against it is that it is an online only game and it costs I believe $25. What sucks about this is that there is seemingly no way to play single-player offline games. You can play in a private room where the AI will fill it, but while that would work and be okay if that was a no-problem situation, the problem there is that the game is still online in that sense, and when you are connecting to a table, even though it is a private table and you're only going to be playing against AI, you still have to connect to their servers. And I had lots of connectivity issues trying to play this game, whether in a private room or in a public match. And that just made 
the whole experience frustrating because I love poker. I think in terms of presentation, this is one of the best poker games I've played in a long time. The character models and the models of your hands and everything, because you can do it in first person or just an over-the-top perspective. But I think first person is definitely the way you should play it because it's much more immersive and the animations, like all of that is great. And that is what makes the fact that so much of the rest of the experience is subpar. Like it is also incredibly slow. The AI takes their time in making decisions. It feels like even if you're playing against real people, there is a slowness to the time between them making the decision and it going into effect. Like there's just a delay for the game to be like, yes, we've processed that they made this decision. Now let's do the decision. And like, it's just the pacing of matches and all that is just so incredibly slow. And it just makes the whole experience really frustrating. I just look at the game and I want to love it because like I said, the presentation is fantastic. It looks so nice, but I can't recommend it over other games that came out on Xbox One in the past, like Pure Holdem or whatever it is, which is much more basic and you don't really get any of that added presentation. I don't think that game has character models. I think it's just like little photo frames, but that game just works better and you can play it offline and you don't have to deal with these types of connectivity issues or server issues. And hopefully that stuff will get ironed out as time goes on. I will definitely be checking in on this game because I love poker so much and I want to love this game, but in its current state it is just something I can't recommend. And I, I just, I feel like it's an oversight, but it's clearly not something they ever plan to include and probably won't update to include. But like the fact that there isn't any type of single player content just seems weird, but you just can't do that with Poker Club, which is frustrating. And then Bubble Bobble for Friends, The Baron is Back is Bubble Bobble. And this may come as a surprise, but this is the first time I've ever played a Bubble Bobble game. There is what I assume is the original version in the game that you can play around with. And I was like, okay, let me check this out. Huh. I don't, I don't think I like this. And then I played the regular version. So the arcade version, the original arcade version, which is not going to come as a surprise to anyone who's played it, it's where you're hitting these enemies, you shoot out your little bubbles, and then if you hit an enemy with a bubble, they'll be trapped in the bubble and they'll start floating on the top, and then you have to pop them before they break free. And you just keep going lower and lower and lower level by level until you reach the bottom, which I think is level 100. I got to level 32 before I got kind of bored and just was too aggressive and got killed. And then the main levels of the game, ignoring the original arcade version, are... Less of an arcadey nature, but more of a, like, here is a specific layout, figure out how to do it, and then once you do it, you clear them all out and collect all the fruit before you can move on to the next level. And it just, it's just not my thing. I've I've realized, with this being my first time ever playing a Bubble Bobble game, that I don't really care for the gameplay, where you are hitting enemies with your bubbles, and then popping them with your spikes, using bubbles as platforms to get to higher errors as well. Like it just, it didn't really do anything for me. So yeah, that was a disappointing realization that I'm just not a fan of Bubble Bobble because I know people like that Bubble Bobble, but I, I like my bust and move. And speaking of bust and move, 
Rusty Spout Rescue Adventure is a Bust and Move clone. And I was super excited for this because I love Bust and Move so much. But this version is real shitty. I, I don't like saying that, but it doesn't look all that great. And then mechanically, something just doesn't feel right. It just feels a little bit off. And I think part of it is that the... So if you've never played Bust and Move or a Bust and Move type game, I think there have been a few over the last generation that were varying degrees of okay to maybe kind of good. It is where you are in this vertical space and there are a bunch of colored balls at the top of the screen. And you can move this, you know, it could be a little cannon launcher or something that will launch balls up towards these balls at the top. And you want to match three or more in order to destroy them and clear the area. And if you are able to clear a set of balls that are above a smaller chain of them, then those will drop the ones below, which is always something to be aware of. And it's always satisfying when you're able to do that. But for whatever reason... Rusty Spout Rescue Adventure just doesn't feel right. There's just something off about it. And one of the things that is frustrating is that the ball distribution is sometimes real, real shitty. Like the way I remember Busted Move working is that when you clear out a certain color of a ball, you would no longer get that particular color coming through. That could be wrong, but I feel like also when you knock out all of them and you have one left, then it'll be like, okay, we know that it's time for you to end this level. You've, you've completed it. You're good. We're going to give you the next ball as that color or whatever. But that is not the way it works in Rusty Spout Adventure. And in one level where there was just a bunch of rows of different colors, I knocked out the first and second row, and then I had a green row. And there was, there was no way to hit anything on the side or anything. It was the full width of the area, the play area. And it took somewhere between 20 and 30 balls before I got a green ball. And that just seems insane. And it led to me failing that level because the way I was handling it was like, okay, eventually they're going to give me a green ball. And once I knock out all those green ones, any pieces that are connected to it are going to fall. So I don't need to worry about connecting the balls that I'm getting right now because I will surely get a green ball sometime soon but they just kept giving me every color but green and i was like what the f- what the fuck is this shit this just seems wrong this seems way off and so yeah it's just it's a frustrating experience doesn't look all that great music's not great either it's just a very subpar version of bust a move and i can't think of any off the top of my head but i'm pretty sure there have been better takes on the bust a move formula last gen which is just weird to say last gen now, but I think there have been a few decent takes on it over the course of last gen, and it'd be better off checking those out instead of Rusty's Spout Rescue Adventure. But uh, yeah, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and on Amazingly Baca, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, 
you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week. And bye!